listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. Today I'm going to be talking about visualization, why it's important, what it actually does for us, how to do it, and I'm going to talk about those people that can't visualize and what they need to do instead. So to start off with, I want you to think of a word that's really important for you, a reminder word. So it could be something like focus, relax, rhythm, or perhaps you've got one of your own. And I want you to think about that word. And if you can, I want you to think about a time when you actually felt that way. So you felt focused or relaxed or in a rhythm. Go back to that time, think about how you were, and as you go back to that time and you experience that again, say your keyword over and over, focus, 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 or relax, relax, relax. And when you've done that, we're going to use that in a few moments' time. Now, don't worry at this point if... When you imagine that time in the past when you felt like your keyword, that you didn't experience pictures, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to move on to thinking more about visualization though. Getting the most out of training is just what we all want. You want to spend the smallest amount of effort for the biggest change the biggest enhancement of what you're doing. And visualization is definitely one way to do that. So you can get the most out of your training, your schooling, your hacking, whatever you want to do by visualizing. Very often in visualizing something, you start to be able to do it in real life much, much more easily. It's also great when you can't ride. So for whatever reason that you can't ride, you can still be working on your riding, which just seems incredible to me. You're not wasting any time. You can still become a better rider without riding. And you can use visualization to change how you think about a certain ride or a part of the ride. So you can reduce anxiety, you can increase your confidence, you can go through the sticky parts of a ride, whichever bits of the ride or whichever parts of the competition or the hack that you don't really feel that comfortable about, you can go through it and through it and you can experience it in a nice safe way using visualization and you can iron out these stickier parts. So visualization, as we know, is really making little movies in your mind. Very often people think about doing it just before a competition or just before they go on a hack and they do it once or twice, maybe a total of about 10, 15 minutes and they don't see the greatest difference. They see a slight difference at best and they wonder why visualization doesn't work. Well, visualization needs repetition. 
our minds need repetition for something to be installed as a habit. And once it's there, we're okay. But we need to just pop it into the mind. So visualization will take practice. Let's have a little think about then what it's actually doing inside our head. Well, visualization is great because the unconscious mind, the part where we have our emotions and habits and memories and so on, that part of the mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and real life. So if you imagine doing a particular ride, your unconscious mind thinks you've already done it. Now, your conscious mind, your reasoning mind, knows that you haven't. They know that you've been sat on a sofa thinking about it. But your unconscious mind thinks you've just done it. So that's why it's incredibly powerful. Your unconscious mind is round about 95 to 97% of your mind. So 95 to 97% of the mind thinks we've already done that ride and we've already done it really well then you're sort of carrying the rest of your mind. It's only three to five percent. You're carrying that over. So visualization is incredibly powerful. And people think about it as a confidence enhancing technique, but it can also be used for physical challenges as well. So if you know, for instance, if you throw away your outside rain, just as an example, or that there's some way that your body moves, that you wish it didn't, or your hands are very heavy, you can put that into a visualization as well. Incredibly powerful and something that's often completely underestimated and forgotten by most riders because essentially we're we're kind of lazy in some ways. We're lazy with our minds, but then we do an awful lot physically. We spend a lot of time doing stuff just to take care of horses, doing things to school horses and ride horses. They take an incredible amount of our physical energy and effort. And so asking ourselves to just spend a bit of time on the visuals to enhance what we're doing almost seems to some people like too much of a stretch. But imagine being able to do this for five minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes, Each time you do it, even if you can't manage 10 minutes a day, each time you do it, you kind of add in to a bank of visualizations and you can draw on those. Now, each time you do your visualization, what you're doing, because your mind doesn't know whether it's real or imagined, you are creating new neural pathways through your mind. So if you think about how you currently do a ride that you would like to improve, that's the old well-worn neural pathway. And I think of it like a pathway through a forest, through the bracken. You know, it's it's downtrodden, it's easy to navigate, it's um, very easy to walk through, there's a clear path. And that's the way your nerves are taking that impulse through that very, very well-worn route. And so when you create a new route, you want to do something differently, you want to think or act differently. The route is different and you might have to take 
some kind of stick or machete or something and clear off that bracken and the brambles and tread them down to make the new path. And yes, that new pathway is not as easy to walk through, but eventually each time you walk through that pathway, each time you visualize, that pathway will get easier and easier and easier and it will become the pathway of choice. It'll become even easier than the well-worn one that is there at the moment. So we need to make this a habit so that that neural pathway, the one that we're creating, becomes the one of choice. So I'm going to give you a few instructions and tips and tricks about how to visualize. Most people have a pretty good idea anyway, but there's a few little nuances that you might want to add in. So the first thing to do is to close your eyes. That will make it more intense. In in the case of people like me who are a bit more lazy, then it means you don't have to do your visualization as often if every time you do it, it's quite intense. So you're going to visualize with your eyes closed. You're going to visualize your ride in normal time. Lots of people do it on slow-mo. Some people do it where they fast forward through bits and pieces. Um, Other people press pause. And all of those things you can do when this is a well-worn route, but you want to be able to do it in normal time, first of all. So don't speed it up. Don't slow it down. You're going to ride. And when you're visualizing, you're doing it through your own eyes, so to speak, which means you're not watching yourself. So for some people, they will say, well, I I find it easier if I watch myself. And I I understand that. And there there are times when watching yourself is very, very handy. But I want you to see if you can concentrate and see if you can put yourself in the saddle and you feel as though you're in the saddle and you look ahead and you can see the horse's neck and mane. And the reason that I would say to start off like this, even if it's not your preferred or default way of doing it, is that it improves the connection with your feelings. So the feel of the horse and also the feel of your emotions. So it will improve those kind of aspects. Once you're doing that, you're visualizing in normal time, you're looking through your own eyes, then the next thing to do is to think about what you want to have in your mini movie. You may want to start with your arrival at wherever you're going to ride. You may want to think about the tacking up part because if you're, for instance, nervous about this ride, Maybe the nerves are occurring as you arrive. Maybe they're occurring as you tack up. So you want to try and visualize all of this, but in a much, much more positive way. So you want to visualize it without the nerves. So imagine, again, you're looking through your own eyes. Imagine carrying your saddle 
So you can feel its weight, you can feel its smoothness, and you can feel how it is to put the saddle onto the horse's back. You might want to also then start thinking about, after the tacking up, the warm-up. You might want to just think about what are you going to do? Is there a floor plan in place? Or is it a bit random? Because it would be nice if there was some kind of plan, even if that plan was flexible. And then the actual ride itself. And also the the five or ten minutes after the ride, because you're going to feel elated. And hopefully that's what you want to feel and that's what you are aiming towards and you're communicating to your mind that that's what you want, that's your outcome. So now you've got a rough script. You've got the normal time, it's through your own eyes, it's starting maybe with tacking up, maybe with beforehand. You can start to add in more detail. So just like if you're watching the television, you wouldn't necessarily watch it without sound. You want to think about sights and sounds to begin with. Think about how you adjust your television with the remote. Think about how you adjust the colour, the brightness, the contrast. Now I know on a television we can't adjust the focus, but you can inside your head How focused would you like it to be? Where are you focusing? Are you focusing on the next part of the ride, for instance, the next jump or the jump afterwards? Or are you focusing around the school? Are you focusing, if you're on a hack, way off on the horizon? Think about where you want your focus to be at any one time. Then to the sounds. Now, the sounds can be the natural sounds that you can hear. It might be the buzz of people and chatter. It might be other horses. It could be the footfall of your own horse, although that's not terribly loud unless you're on a hack. It might be birdsong. It can also be your internal chatter, so your self-talk. What are you saying to yourself? And that's why I was thinking about that word at the start, that focus, relax, rhythm, that pointer, because this is where you could put that sound in. You could start saying it to yourself and recalling how relaxed and focused and in rhythm you were when you were in the past version of you thinking about that time. So it can recall the feelings. So now we've got the sights and the sounds, then we want the feelings. Now these are external feelings, so how how does the saddle feel against your leg? How do the reins feel in your hand? How, if you think about where your shoulders are, how straight is your spine? How open are your hips? Thinking about the pressure that you need to apply for each aid. What's your rain contact like? There's an incredible amount of information that's to do with feel when we're riding. How does the horse feel underneath you? 
How responsive is your horse? All of those things can go into your little video. So you're thinking and you're, you're almost doing the actions, to be honest. You, you, you've you got the, the video going, you've got your eyes closed, and you might actually be moving your arms and legs. You might have your hands in a kind of riding position, and you're just squeezing, and you, you're, you're feeling that contact, you know, and you might be moving your, your leg to give an aid, or you might be shifting the weight onto one seat bone or another. So, you're actually kind of doing it. Um, it's a little bit like those people who have the virtual reality masks on and they're moving, they're actually moving. So they're seeing what's going on, they're hearing what's going on. Nobody else can see it or hear it, but they are moving. They are, you know, swiping the air with an imaginary sword or something like that. And that's the way to do it for you as well imagine, you know, you can do a body scan. So where is your head? Where are your eyes? Are you looking down? Are you looking up? Are you looking around? Where's the weight in your head? Where's Where are your shoulders? Um, where is your waist? Is your waist picked up? How straight is your spine? The opening of your hips? Um, where are your thighs? Where are your calves? Where are your feet? Where are the stirrups on your feet? So you can do that kind of scan to make sure you're in a really good position. And obviously you're shifting position as you move. So these fine details of feeling and the feel of the horse and what the horse is doing, and you don't need to make this visualization absolutely perfect. You could be getting rid of things that that don't normally work easily for you. So maybe there's a left bend or a right bend that's more difficult for you. And you can think about how you've got to apply more pressure to one side or the other because that bend either is difficult for you to do the rotation or difficult for the horse. So you don't need to make it so that it's some kind of imaginarium where everything is perfect and you're floating on air. You're actually doing this in real time. The other thing about the feelings are your internal feelings. So you want to think about possibly your keyword, the focus, relaxed or rhythm or the other one that you've chosen that you can just control how you feel internally. You control how your nerves are. You can control your focus. You're not distracted by other things. You're not triggered. So once you've got those things, if you can, and you want to really embellish this beautiful visualization, then you can add in things like smells. If there are certain smells that occur where you ride, if you're used to that kind of thing, you can add in smells because obviously that is very evocative of, of memories. It really calls forth memories and emotions. So now you've got quite a detailed movie, far better than any movie you'd see on television, because you've got the feel to it and you really can feel it. 
Now, if you haven't got time, let's say you've only got five minutes, but you're thinking, well, my dressage test or whatever I'm doing is longer than five minutes, then you can just visualize portions. You can visualize the tacking up and the warm up, or you could visualize the actual test. But the full movie would be the whole lot. And as I said before, it would include the five or 10 minutes after your ride is finished and that feeling of being totally joyful and happy because then your mind knows that's the end, that's the outcome and that's what I'm trying to achieve. So what you don't want to put into a visualisation is what you don't want. Um, You don't want to think of all the things that could go wrong unless you're using the visualization to iron out these things, unless you are using the visualization to overcome these things and kind of do schooling in your head, if you like, so that you are prepared for, let's say, a spook or something like that. So normally you wouldn't put them in unless it's something that you are working on. As a skill and we know all skills, need repetition. So this also needs lots of repetition. So five or 10 minutes every day would be super, more if you can. And I think what happens is that it seems like a bit of a bind. It seems another thing to put on your to-do list. But when you start to see it converted into advances and you know, getting on with your riding, your physical riding in the real world, then it becomes a great motivator and it convinces you that what you're doing is really helping. As I say, if you do it kind of in a bit of a scatty way, if you do it a bit hodgepodge, then that's the kind of results you'll get from it. You'll get very, very limited results. And the last thing that I really want to talk about are people who can't visualize. So these fall into certain categories and it it might just be you. So the first category includes me, which are people who aren't very visual. So my pictures only get clearer and clearer and more and more real by practice. So initially my pictures pretty gray, didn't really have much color. It's kind of like a a loose, blurry kind of impression. Or I could imagine, say, doing something like walking, but I can't get the visual and the feel at the same time. So all of those things just take practice. There's nothing special about it. You just go with the pictures that you've got and try and layer on as much of the sights and feelings that you can. And eventually, by working on it, you will get the colour, you will get the detail, you will be able to see distances and judge distances, you will be able to run it at normal speed. So it's very much a practice thing for people like me. The second group of people are the people who worry that they're visualising wrong or they say, well, I can't do it unless I watch myself. Now, watching yourself in a visualisation 
is good when you've got the visualization already honed and you are actually riding in your visualization. You're the star of the visualization. You're not watching it. You're doing it. And in that case, watching yourself can sometimes help your mind to sort it out as a goal. It begins to think about this as aspirational and this is what you want to achieve. So it does have its use. So if you absolutely cannot visualize in any other way, it's okay to watch yourself. But in the initial stages, it's not the very best because you you lack the feeling. It's almost like being an instructor watching you. The instructor probably knows how much pressure you're applying and whether you've got that inside leg on as much as you think you have. And they, they can see the response of the horse and so on, but they're not actually doing it for themselves. The third group of people are the people who have something called aphantasia. And these people simply do not visualize. So for these people, if I were to say, look at your horse, okay, look at your horse in real life and and then look away and then think about your horse. What does your horse look like? And they would have no picture. And you can think about really familiar items, like something that's in their kitchen that they see every day. And you say, close your eyes and visualize it. And they cannot Now, this is a very tiny proportion of the population. But if this is you and you still want to use visualization, then you can do because you have to use a different style of mental imagery. So this time you talk your way through it. So you give yourself a running commentary. So you might not be able to see which marker you're passing in the school, but you can feel the horse, you can feel the striding, you can give the aids and you can talk to yourself and you can say, you know, I'm, I'm now coming up to the letter A, I need to do a 20 meter circle and you're doing it much, much more by commentary. And so although you're maybe not seeing it, you are speaking it and you are going through it, and and the physicality is exactly the same. So you're still getting the benefits of doing visualization. Let me know how you get on. Thanks ever so much for listening. Take care, and I'll see you soon.